as most of you guys know, uh, December 4th, December 5th, I, I went to the hospital for nine days with COVID. While I was there, they wanted to do an angiogram on me. I see a cardiologist every six months. So for three days in a row, they scheduled an angiogram. Couldn't do it because I had fever. So I wound up staying there for nine days. You guys know that story. Well, on Monday of this week, I had chest pains. So I went to the hospital where my cardiologist works. And so uh, I checked in and we did an angiogram. And before we did that, they did some other tests. I don't have COVID anymore. Um, we figured that, but I don't have the COVID. It's gone. But I still have all the symptoms of COVID, they said. In fact, like when they were, when I was in the emergency room, they said that they were going to, when they first was going to bring me to a regular room, they thought I was going to the COVID unit. And they said, no, no, he's got all the symptoms of COVID, but he doesn't have COVID anymore, which means I'm not contagious as well, obviously. And so they, but they did some other tests and they said that I had a, a pulmonary embolism, basically a blood clot on my lungs. And that could have been causing the chest pain that I had. So they scheduled um, an angiogram as well. So we did the angiogram first and the doc, my, my cardiologist said that we'll have another doctor check out the uh, blood clot in your lungs while we're doing it. We might be able to take care of both of them at the same time. So I've had three angiograms in my life. One was about maybe 10 years ago, eight years ago or so. And all I had was 25% blockage in my main aorta, the, the main, like they call it, the widow maker, the main one, 25%. That's not bad, especially for my diet. So that was okay. And then I had one about three or four after that, and the doctor said, it's not much worse. It didn't get much worse. So we still didn't do anything. I don't have any stents. So I just knew that this time that, you know, obviously, my personal friends know that I don't have the best eating habits. I mean, I'm so overweight and I eat all the wrong things at the wrong times. I just knew that it was going to be bad. I just didn't know how bad. So I have the angiogram and I, I get back to my room and the, the doctor comes in to see me and he didn't really have like the best look on his face. And he goes, um, what, what do you think the number is now? What do, you, what do you think? And I go, I got to be honest, man. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm thinking 95% probably in, in other arteries as well. He goes, brother, you don't have any. I go, what do you mean I don't have any? Like any new ones? Any, any new blockages or whatever? He goes, no, you don't have any blockages. I go, you talking about that 25% that I had is gone? He said, it's gone. And I asked him, I go, well, wait a second. I go, I take Pravastatin, which is cholesterol medicine. I go, the Pravastatin is to prevent it, right? He goes, yeah. I go, is it to make it disappear? He goes, no. I go, so he goes, when, when, when we remove plaque, we remove plaque. When we put a stent, we remove the plaque through surgery. So I go, so you're telling me that it's just gone? He said, it's gone. I go, so then I, I could call that a miracle. He goes, you can and he goes, but there's something else I need to tell you. I go, oh, Lord, what now? And I mean, he still had that same look on his face. He goes, that blood clot in your lungs, it's gone too. I was like, what? You serious? He goes, it's gone, man. So I go, I, you know, I don't know what to say except for, man, I, I got two miracles. You, you tell me about two miracles. He said, I don't know what to tell you either, brother, but whatever you're doing, keep doing it. 
And I said, okay. And I always joke with him. You know, I joke every single time I go to him. I go, look, man, if you didn't know me and you saw me like in an elevator and you just looked at me, you would say this guy has like a buffet of medical problems just by looking at me. Now, believe me, I'm not saying that I'm healthy. I'm not. But I am saying that I had two miracles that the doctor couldn't explain uh, that happened to me a couple of days ago. That's a fact. That's that's on the medical record charts. That could be verified. And so uh, now I will say, though, that I have some other things I got to get checked out. But for now, I mean, that's what he told me. And so, um, listen, I, I, I don't think that I got, you know, those miracles because I'm a good person or better than anybody else, because I'm not a good person. The Bible says that none of us are good. I don't think that I got those miracles because I have more faith than anybody else. I don't. I have just as much faith as you do. No more, no less. I believe that God, you know, performed miracles from day one. And I believe that he still performs miracles now. And I don't know how he chooses. And I will tell you this, you know, more often than not, when you report to somebody and you go, man, I had a miracle, dude. I had 25% blockage in my widow maker and now it's completely gone. And they go, oh, God is good. Well, that's true. But let me tell you something. Even if I would have died from the COVID in December or if I would have died from a heart attack from this, God is still good. That doesn't change God's goodness. His mercy, his grace is what is his goodness. And I had a comedian friend of mine that, you know, he we had several talks and I'll just tell you, I'm almost 100 percent positive. He wouldn't admit it, but I'm almost 100 percent positive. He was an atheist. He wouldn't admit it on stage and he would he almost admitted it to me. He just but he always laughed at me about my post and stuff. And one time I was in the hospital with a, a bowel obstruction. I was in there for seven days and the doctor and I didn't tell anybody. Nobody even knew I was in the hospital. And uh, the doctor told me, said, Mutsi, if it doesn't straighten out itself tonight, we're doing surgery tomorrow. So then I put it on Facebook. I just asked for prayer. And then he posted on, on there. He said, Mutsi, how does that work with God? Once you get to 100 likes, that's when he answers and that's when he heals you. That's when he answers your prayer. And and honestly, you know, I thought it was kind of funny. And honestly, it made me think. And then I thought, you know what? I really don't know the answer to that. I don't know. I, I, I will say this. I mean, I'm positive there's not X amount of, you know, number of people that need to pray for each other before God responds. The Bible says that God's ways are not like our ways. We, our little brains can't comprehend what, how God thinks and, and why he does what he does. But I do know that prayer works. And I know that there's not um, a certain amount that we need to get to before he actually changes his mind. He could change his mind on anything. When God told Jonah to go tell the Ninevites that he was going to destroy them in 40 days, that's the story when Jonah ran and got into the belly of the fish for three days. And then, you know, God, when he, he apologized to God and repented and said, listen, if you let me get out of this fish, I'll go tell him whatever you want. And he went and told them and they repented. That whole nation repented. And I don't understand it. I don't understand how a person can, a man can be in the belly of a fish for three days and three nights and survive. I don't understand it, but it's in the Bible and I believe it happened. And I also don't understand because the Bible said that every person in that country, every single person in that country 
prayed. They knelt on, on ashes or whatever they called it. And they prayed. They said even the animals prayed. Now, to us, that sounds ludicrous. How can an animal pray? But that's what the Bible said. So I believe it. Billy Graham always said, he said, you know what? The Bible doesn't tell me that I have to understand everything in it. I just have to believe it. And so that's how I feel too. And so I don't understand how prayer works. But I do know that God is good whether he answers our prayers or he doesn't answer our prayer. The truth is we're all going to die. We're going to leave this earth one day, sooner or later. So, you know, sure, God is good when he keeps us here. But the main thing, when you, and I will say this, when you ask me to pray for you, if I see you on Facebook and you ask for prayer, and if, if I say I'll pray for you, I set down my phone and I pray for you right then and there. I don't put those little praying hands up and move on. And just as a little heads up, those aren't praying hands, y'all. Those are high five hands. So there, there is no praying hands on Facebook. So when somebody's asking for prayer, you're giving them a high five. I just want you to know that. Google it if you don't believe me. But my point is that I will set down my phone and actually pray for you. But guess what? Here's what I pray for you. If, if you say my grandfather is in the hospital and he's 90 years old, please pray. My first prayer for your grandfather is that he knows Jesus. My first prayer for your grandfather is that somebody talks to him about Jesus if he doesn't know Jesus. Because what, let's be honest, what are we praying for? Praying for him to live to be 91, 95, 100? What are we praying for? Because guess what? Even if your grandfather got to live to be 100, 105 and he gets sick again, what are we praying for? Like, what do we expect? We're all going to die. The only thing that matters in this life is accepting Christ and following Jesus as he told his disciples, follow me, accept him, live for him, obey him. That's all that matters. If we die at 10, 12, 20, or 110, 112, or 120, we're all going to die. It's going to be sad no matter how old your parents are. It's going to be devastating. The worst thing I could ever think about is losing a child. And I have so many friends and it breaks my heart. It makes me cry just thinking about it. And I pray to God every day that that never happens to me. I pray take me first. And I know you do too, parents. I know it. But my point is, when we pray for each other, the main thing we need to pray for is that we pray that that person knows Jesus and accept Jesus because God, for, you know, when he takes us home, he will take us to heaven. And I'm telling you, if you don't accept Jesus Christ as Savior and you die, you're going to hell. Be mad at me if you want. Don't blame me for it. It's in the Bible. If you got a problem with it, you talk to God about it because I didn't make up that rule. And God doesn't send us to hell. We send ourselves he sends people like me and you to tell others about it. And so it's up to the others to listen and obey. And I'm going to tell you something right now that's going to, it's going to probably hurt your feelings. It's probably going to make you mad. But I'm going to tell you something. And it's biblical. And I'm, I'm in my car right now recording this because it's quiet. I don't have my Bible with me. But I will post, if you, if you want me to, I will post the scripture that says it. But I'm going to tell you something that a lot of people don't realize. If you're not saved, if you haven't committed your life to Christ, if you haven't surrendered your life to Christ, God doesn't answer your prayers. 
I'll say it again. If you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, your prayers aren't heard. And that's a fact. Now, will God hear your prayers? He will. The one prayer that he will hear is you crying out to him, accepting his son as savior, accepting his son's death on the cross as a sacrificial uh, payment for your life, for your sins, past, present and future. Once and he will pray, he will answer that prayer and he will allow it. And from that moment on, he will hear every prayer that you pray. If you're an atheist and you cry out to God to help me with this pain, it's not going to be answered, brother. I'm telling you, it's not. And I can back it up with scripture. If you get, if you want me to, I'll do it. I'm telling you, it's so important. It's so important. You know, prayer is not a game. It's not a genie in a bottle. It's not that we get to 100 likes and all of a sudden the pain goes away. That's not how it goes. It's not as simple as a Facebook post. It's not. It's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and he takes care of his children. He takes care of his children and his believers and his followers. And when Jesus says follow him, he doesn't mean follow him at your convenience. When Peter and them went out there fishing and he said, put down your stuff and follow me. They got up and they followed him. They didn't go home and tell anybody that they were leaving. They just got up and followed him. Jesus is not walking on this earth right now. So when he tells us to follow him, it means that we have to read our Bibles for ourselves and we have to answer every call that he makes to us. When Jesus tells us not to lie, following him means we don't lie. When Jesus said that we're not, we're, Jesus said that we're not even Christians if we don't help the poor. We're not even Christians if we don't help the, 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 the orphan children. And, and the, the, the people who are naked, if we don't clothe them, if we don't provide food for the hungry, we're not children of God. We can't call ourselves children of God. So until we do all those things, our prayers will not even count. You're just talking. Now, if that makes you mad, don't be mad at me. Read your Bible because that's what the Bible says. That's why I encourage people so often to accept Christ. You know, yeah, you know what? Okay. You're going to be labeled, man. You're going to lose some friends. People are going to call you a Jesus freak. People are going to call you all kinds of things. But you know what? You're going to hear some words when you when when you die. We're going to when you take your last breath on earth, your very next breath is going to be right in front of God. And you're going to hear one of two things. You're either going to hear well done, good and faithful servant or you're going to hear away from me. I never even knew you. And in fact, the Bible says that many are going to come to him and say, but I perform miracles in your name and I prophesize in your name. And he's going to say, away from me. I never even knew you. So the most important thing that I ever ask, and I always add this at the end of every, you, you know, I do these podcasts because obviously this is way too much to type on Facebook. But I always ask to make sure that if you don't know Christ, invite him into your life. Don't wait until tomorrow. That Pete, you, you, I'm not guaranteed to finish this podcast. I'm not guaranteed the next breath, and neither are you. And sooner or later, you're going to take your last breath. And so am I. And when someone close to you dies, it, it's horrific. But if there's any sense of, of um, I don't know the word, like um, to make it easier... It's to know that they, that they went to heaven. And, you know, 
another thing that's probably going to make you mad again. You know, every funeral we go to, they always say, yeah, but he's in a better place. Not really. Not everybody. I can tell you this, more than half the people that have ever lived, they're going to be in hell. More than half, there's going to be more people in hell than heaven. The Bible says it. And I can prove that to you too. Because the Bible says, narrow is the road to heaven, wide is the road to hell. So common sense tells you there's going to be more people in hell. So we need to straighten up. We need to do better. We need to do better as, as individuals, as Christians. We need to be more bold. We need, to, we need to stand up for what we believe. You know, somehow in America over the last year, it's almost become a sin to be proud of America. That's crazy. It's for the longest time they're trying to make us feel guilty for saying that we're a Christian. That's crazy. I don't submit to to American politics or any man on earth. I submit to Christ. I submit to God. That's who I listen to. Now, it doesn't mean that I have to walk around in every sentence I say, God loves you. Jesus loves you. I'm a Christian. Look at me. I'm proud. I'm bold. Doesn't mean that I can do that, but I don't have to do that. The post that I put on Facebook doesn't make me a Christian. Anybody can post anything they want. The fact that if I know some scripture, that doesn't make me a Christian. Satan knows the Bible backwards and frontwards, and he's Satan. What makes us Christians is our faith in Christ. It's his grace. It's his mercy. And it's, it's his allowance to allow us to be his children. It's a free gift. The Bible says Jesus is standing, knocking at your door. He wants you to answer that door. He will forgive you. There's no sin that you've ever committed that can keep you from loving you. There's no amount of sins that you could have done. No amount of times that you could have done. The worst sins that you could ever imagine, you could have done them and you could have done them today and you can ask him to come into your life right now and he will. He will forgive you. He will forgive you. And listen, once you become a Christian, you don't become sinless, but you do sin less because the Holy Spirit comes to live in you and the Holy Spirit will gently and sometimes boldly work with us and lead us and help us turn. We will turn. We will repent. He will help us turn 180. If we're not saved, we're heading straight for hell. When, when the Holy Spirit comes in, in us, we turn immediately opposite of hell and we start heading towards heaven. And that's how it works. And it's free. But it's not a game. It's not a game that we play when we need him. And then when we don't need him, we're fine. We're on our own. We're out here hustling for that dollar, hustling for that for that new look, hustling for that new whatever. No, no, no. It's not about that. This life is not even about us. This life is about what we do for others. The Bible says that Jesus, you could tell my followers by their love for one another. And so that's the most important thing. Did I get two miracles in my life this week? I sure did. And they're verifiable. Can you get a miracle in your life? You sure can. And it can be verifiable. And I pray that you do have a miracle. Every day on Facebook, just scroll. People are hurting. And I'm not just talking about physical pain. People are hurting. People are depressed. I have two friends that lost their life suicide over the last 12 months. People are hurting. They need, they need the answer. 
we were born with this little hole in our heart. And the only thing that will fill it is Christ. It's not just a saying. God leaves that little empty spot in our life to let us know that it's a puzzle and that one piece is him. And when that piece gets put into place, the picture is now um, seen. You can see what the picture is. Until you put that piece in, you won't even understand most of the Bible at all. You won't understand Christianity. The Bible says that too. For people who don't believe the Bible's a joke, it doesn't make sense. They can't understand it. But once you tell God, listen, I'm giving everything to you. I give up. I'm surrendering. Here's my white flag. Save me. Send Jesus. Do all the things that you did for everybody else. I want them. I believe it'll happen to me. I accept it. And when you do that instantly, when you start reading your Bible, you're going to see that all of a sudden things are going to start making sense to you. God will reveal things to you. That's how it works. Call it magic. Call it whatever you want. I don't know how it works. I don't. But I know it works. And I know I'm no better than you. In fact, I know for sure I'm worse than every one of you. And so if God can change me and change my heart, literally, physically, spiritually, I know he can do it for you. So um, I'm glad that you guys prayed for me. I thank you for praying for me. I promise you that when you ask me to pray for you, I put down my phone immediately and I pray and I pray and I pray and I pray. And and let me tell you something. I know for sure that God hears my prayers. And I know for sure that God will hear your prayers if you submit your life to him. And that is my prayer for you right now. If there's anyone listening to this right now that is not saved, if you don't know for sure that if you died tonight in your sleep, that you would go to heaven. My prayer is that you would simply ask Christ to come into your life. It's not a formality. There's no special sinner's prayer. The sinner's prayer, which quote unquote sinner's prayer, it's not even in the Bible. It doesn't exist. There's no such thing. It's a commitment. It's, it's all you do is you ask Christ, Christ, I give up Come into my life. Send me your son. I believe that Jesus died for me. I know that he stood in the grave for three days and I know he conquered death. I know that when he was on the cross, he paid for my sins. I believe that God. And I believe that you created me with a purpose. I believe it when it said that when you said that you knew me before I was born, when I was in my mother's womb, you knew me. The truth is God knew you before your parents even met. He did. So he has a plan for your life. And when you put that last little piece of that puzzle in and you see the big giant picture, you will also see the plan for your life. And when you start living the plan for your life that Christ made you for, that's the day you start living life. And the sooner you get to that, the longer your real life will last. But the good news is, is that if you accept him, that day, even if you're 60, 70, or 80, you're, you start to live for Christ at 80. Well, guess what? That 80 runs through eternity, through heaven. But if you don't, even if you live to be 150 on earth, that's it. Because eternity is going to be spent in hell. God doesn't want that to happen to you. That's why he sent his son. I don't want that to happen to you. That's why I'm willing to boldly say that right now. So that's my prayer for you. So once again, thank you for praying for me. I hope that you enjoy listening to whatever I tell you. I don't edit. I don't. I just yap. I don't have any plans when I start talking. I just tell you the truth from my heart. 
But I do appreciate every single person that has ever said one prayer for me. If you've ever had one positive thought for me, I appreciate that. I do. And I'm not 100% healed. I don't know that any of, I mean, I'm healthy. I don't know that any of us are 100% healthy. But you know what? We can pray for each other. And and physically, we're not always going to be healthy. But spiritually, we can be 100% healthy. And the way that we do that is we ask Christ to come into our life. You don't have to bow your head. You don't have to close your eyes. You don't have to walk up to an altar. You can get saved in a hospital bed, in your car, in, in, in your living room. You can get saved standing in line at Walmart. It's a decision. And when you make that decision, Christ will come live in your life. And you will be forever changed. And that's my prayer for you. So thank you for listening. And, and you can listen to this podcast on Spotify, on Apple, on Google Play, um, several other things. So wherever you listen to your podcast, um, if you don't mind, if you subscribe, I don't make these on a regular basis. I always say that I am and I forget. But if you subscribe, um, I would appreciate it. Um, if you want me to talk about a particular subject, just tell me and I'll do it. If you have any questions, I'll answer them. It doesn't matter. Um, but I, I would love for you to, you know, get in touch with me somehow on Facebook and 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 let me know that you at least heard it because I have no way to track who's listening. to. I don't know who listens to this, but I hope that somehow the words that God gives me makes a difference in your life. And, you know, I thank you for coming to my shows. I thank God for all my friends, which is you. And so I pray for the best for you. But the most important thing that I pray for you is that you accept Christ if you don't know him. And if you do know him, I pray that you have boldness to tell other people so that, listen, there's no such thing as overcrowding in heaven. There's plenty enough room for all of us. So let's make sure that we pray for everyone, even our enemies, everyone. And so until I see you next time, I hope God blesses you.